This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Crazy ways are ever dead in the way you wear your clothes. But if I stay with you, girl. Welcome back to Almost Famous Minute where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film, Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Feels Like Weezer. I'm David Smith from Airplane Minute and Top Secret Minute. I'm Casey Likes from uh, Almost Famous, the musical. Well, Casey, uh, that is, that's amazing. You're, you, uh, you actually portray uh, William, that's correct? I do. I do play William Miller. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the first, uh, I mean, I, I probably may have had an actor or two, but not actually from the thing I'm kind of talking about or, or even related in a sense. Right, right, right. Yeah. So where, where do you perform? Uh, we, we just did the premiere in San Diego at the Old Globe last year, which is actually really funny because it's in the beginning of Almost Famous. Yeah. Um, ah. So yeah, that's where we premiere, premiered it. And now we're just kind of waiting on the industry to be... <laughs> a yeah. thing again. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's, there's been plenty of other things too, that have kind of got interrupted, unfortunately, but, uh, and then that one, you know, I mean, hopefully I, I would love for it to, I mean, it's, it feels like it could easily be like five years away or something, but you know, to make it to my neck of the woods, that, or I have to get, make my way to wherever, <laughs> whatever might be closest, whether it could still be in California, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. later next year or something, or, if it makes it to, to New York or something. Yeah. I, I will be really excited to try to do that when it, when it is a little bit safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, David, this, this minute, uh, he was here last week as a guest and we're going to promote him to our, for our unofficial co Ding. no responsibility, co-host responsibility, non-responsibility. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah. You bet. I, I got the epaulets on my shoulders and everything. <laughs> Um, so like I was saying, that was last, last week was minute 67. We're here this week with, uh, Casey and David for minute 68 and minute 68 starts with sleepy and sexy hellos and ends with Ben liking what we're saying. Yes. (laughs) So Casey, how did you get involved with the production? I got involved, um, by, uh, it's uh, to make a long story short. Um, there's this program called the Jimmy Awards which is a basically what um, the Broadway community likes to describe as the junior Tonys. Um, so the Tony Awards are basically like the awards for, um, for musicals on Broadway, just in case you don't know. But um, this is a, a competition for high schoolers. And I got there um, by performing in a high school musical here in Arizona, where I live. And when I got there, um, it's kind of, all the Broadway community watches and just watches all these very, very crazy, talented 
kids, I guess, that I got to work with. And, um, and we all perform and they saw me, the casting director, Jillian Semini for uh, Almost Famous, the musical was looking because they had previously lost the person that they were planning on moving forward with, um, with William um, for the musical. And they saw me and I guess they were like, ah, that kid looks, uh, looks like William and he, and he sings pretty all right. <laughs> and, uh, and they brought me in and I auditioned and met Cameron in LA and we really got along. And, um, and then I moved on to audition for the director, Jeremy Heron and the, the lyricist and composer, Tom Kitt. And yeah, it kind of happened in a week and then I was in rehearsals the next week. Wow. It's pretty crazy. So you went from high school musicals to off Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of an unfair, an unfair little turn of events, but I'm very happy to be here. And awesome. I get to talk to you guys. I got to talk to all of y'all about just this amazing story. Yeah. So we were talking uh, last week in the last minute about this, this is really sort of a pivotal moment for William because he's kind of, you know, he's losing his virginity. He's, he's had this real deep feelings for Penny and she's sort of letting him go and do this thing, but he's also kind of disobeying his bosses at Rolling Stone and stuff. It's a really kind of a pivotal moment for him. Yeah, it is. It really is, man. It's, um, and it's also, you know, as, as Cameron Crowe's writing usually is, it's, it's these very serious themes under, you know, this hilarious dialogue, <laughs> which is like, you're like, man, how are, how am I like, I get everything going on, but I'm also laughing. Yeah. It's funny stuff, man. I love it. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty important point uh, there that, uh, you know, uh, I, I think you can maybe use the word uh, disappointing <laughs> His 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 bosses, so to speak, at, at with Rolling Stone, uh, Ben Fontoris, that we we heard a little bit uh, last minute, him saying his own name, and then uh, this minute, at the very beginning of this minute, uh, Sapphire <laughs> repeating his name back aloud for uh, uh, barely sleeping William to hear. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, right. St- stuns him awake <laughs> that <laughs> that Ben is actually calling him right now. <laughs> uh, this at this point in the morning after his wild night. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the idea that, uh, you know, I mean, there's the one point here where, where Ben really, you know, gets, you know, gets upset with him, you mm-hmm. know, is, you know, get it together, man. That, that whole idea that, you know, you know, a, a reporter, even if he was older, shouldn't be having fun <laughs> in, in, in such a way that uh, there's, there's, I, I think it's because Ben th- realizes there's, a couple young women in the room with them. I mean, there's one that there's the one that answered and he can really tell that this, there must be this other woman, young woman in the room. That's uh, she, she yeah. hasn't finished with coffee, but she says, I need some. Yeah. And a pack one makes a little yelp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's also like when he gets mad, Ben Fong Torres, you know, looking, looking back at the script, it's, you know, he's like, get it together, man. Um, and he's saying, you know, we, all, we need your stuff. And, 
I think he kind of thinks that maybe he doesn't have anything, which I think in William's mind at this point, he's like, I don't have anything, yeah. you know, and it's not true. I mean, he truly does have a lot of great stuff, but he just doesn't have the Russell interview, which uh-huh. is a, pretty much in William's eyes and, and in Rolling Stone's eyes, the most important piece. Yeah. Like there is no story without that interview. Yeah. And, and he probably, yeah, right. He probably really needs it to kind of really get the rest of the story that he has on all these little scraps of paper <laughs> that he did <laughs> that, that, a couple minutes ago. Now uh, he was in the bathtub with uh, all around him, um, trying, trying to compile into something resembling an article of, of substance, <laughs> but yeah, with, but yeah. You know, like, yeah, like you said, without the uh, Russell interview, it's, it's hard to really gauge what's, what's the best way to put that other stuff in order and, yeah, does he does he actually say in here that do you have the Russell interview? Is that a line in here? Uh I don't think it's in this minute. Okay. He says he says that oh maybe it's in the next minute? I don't remember. I don't but I d I don't I don't even know if that doesn't sound familiar though to me. So oh. that could be something that was, was That was either, in the musical. Yeah, musical only. Yeah. That'll be that'll be crazy when it when it does come to that point where uh where it's it's a little better known, little you know, seen a lot more than it has so far, unfortunately. But um, yeah, and 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 you know, I mean, we also had the, uh, you know, we we have the great thing that uh, you know that that has the payoff of of uh, Lester Bangs, played by the great Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, you know, giving him the uh, the right wording to uh, to 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 wet Ben Fong Torres's appetite, you know. <laughs> that 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 the article is coming or something is kind of happening that 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 this that this uh somewhat unknown reporter i mean you oh. know he has he has read his stuff before in cream is, is <laughs> all the the, to that. the stuff that he's written on his hand is that from lester bangs right oh that's, i forgot that that's hilarious yeah he wrote it down on his hand because he didn't have <laughs> anything else at that point but it's a really good thing it turns out because he couldn't have reached and all gone all the way into the into the bathroom into the shower where his where his stuff really should should be still um and hopefully hasn't gotten wet by anyone going i to, i find going it to use. um interesting that ben fong torres is is swayed by that bullshit <laughs> Yeah, it's really a funny line. It's wild that, yeah, it's kind of like, I also think it's so, I mean, when you really look at it, you know, obviously you get it as, you know, any of us could really be like, okay, I see what it's saying. But when you first hear that, especially as fast as, you know, Patrick wields it off, he just really runs it off pretty quickly. And then instantly Ben's like, okay, I get it. And you're like, really? (laughs) Okay. And I guess Sounds maybe good. maybe it would have worked in the seventies, but but the term think piece has been thrown around so much by now that it's basically meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. I use that as like a joke in like life. I'm just yeah. like, ah, it's a think piece. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. Right. And like, isn't every band like struggling with fame or whatever he says? Right. The harsh face of stardom. There it is, yeah. I don't know if it's a chain and a conscious change, but it's it's harsh glare in the mu- oh. in the musical. I don't know if that that matters, but hmm. are there any other uh, interesting differences in this scene in the musical? Great question. Let me figure it out. Um, 
I don't, I, I mean, well, a major difference is that I can't, I'm not allowed to cover uh, Polexia's mouth. Um, when she that was actually to, my more, more specific question. <laughs> what, is that what you were asking? <laughs> well, I mean, that was the next thing I was going to say is like that, that whole thing where he covers her mouth and then he covers it again when he wants to use his left hand to read the words mm-hmm. and like that seemed really weird. I wondered if that was in the musical. No, it's not. I don't. Um, I think it's more of a spacing issue because I mean, it's like we have a small bed that we basically have this big, you know, scene before obviously where he loses his virginity, but I think it just didn't work out spacing wise. And it, you know, like we're not presenting to a camera, we're presenting this big house. So I'm not touching her face for that long. Um, I think it would have looked weird. Uh, (laughs) Are uh, you trying to murder her? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I just kind of shush her and it's, it's kind of a funny moment, but I'm just like, and then I continue on with the scene. Okay. Um, yeah. That makes more sense. I think in this one, it, it's played for comedy, especially because you have the camera like top down on her face when he switches hands. But yeah. it's also like he's already shushed her. He doesn't need to keep putting his hand on her face. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yet, though, the way she finishes, <laughs> yeah. You know, and that, that that actually is apparently next minute though too. I kind of gave it away earlier. Coffee, uh, but yeah. um, but you know, she she still does finish what she was going to say, yeah. <laughs> even after for this protracted, you know, half a minute yeah. or more, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think it's played in the musical like she has enough respect to be quiet yeah. while he's on the phone, and then as soon as he hangs up the phone, she immediately hits it with the coffee. <laughs> so. Nice. Well, well, speaking of respect, there's there's Sapphire af- after the think piece line. <laughs> Sapphire, you know, going going, you know, that's saying great. very whispered to to William. <laughs> that's great, yeah. And and uh, you know, because it's so whispered, I mean, that that's something I was I was definitely thinking about in relation to having you on. And it's like, uh, you know, you know, how does whispering work in in the <laughs> in the theater world? I mean, you can't really whisper can you i mean you you can kind of try to give the effect that you're whispering but you still have to say it loud enough for right the audience to hear yeah that's a great point um we're very especially mm, i can't say especially in this production because i mean all of them are but uh we're very lucky to have a great sound person mm. uh, a sound designer um by the name of that i believe it's peter helinski but he's he's really incredible and he he really picks up things that are very close but we still have to do this thing called a stage whisper which is basically just a very supported um whisper that is almost like talking you know it's almost like talking like loudly i mean Uh it's but but it sounds like a whisper yeah right yeah Yeah. so it's kind of like it's you know whereas if i was whispering i'd be like hey what's up like if but if i'm whispering on stage i'd be like hey what's up like there's still a little bit of tone in my voice so um yeah Kind of what are you guys mic'd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm mic'd. I'm actually the only character in the uh, show that doesn't wear a wig. Um, so everybody else has their mics and their wigs. <laughs> um, so you really can't see it. I mean, it's just like yeah. Some some productions have them on the cheek and stuff like that, but all of our mics are hidden. 
and mine is hidden in my hair. So I have that little process before I go on. And so how is the uh, pack hidden in this scene? <laughs> um, the pack, where my, I think their packs are hidden literally in their wigs. And then my pack is hidden in, uh, in my pants. So I don't, I actually don't take, I mean, this is not, this is different minute, obviously, but I don't take my pants off um, to do, to do just straight underwear. It's, uh, I, I, have, oh, okay. I have jeans on and uh, I get my shirt taken off, but it's like taped down my back. And back. you don't see your back on the stage. Oh. Right, right, right. I'm always okay. facing forward. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. It's just, that was, I, this whole scene, really, the scene before um, uh, with the deflower, the, the deflowering scene and then this scene, both of them were worked on, honestly, more than anything in the show. Um, and then the second to that would be this song called It's All Happening, which is in the Hyatt House. <laughs> Um, but, uh, man, it's, we worked on it quite a bit, just tonally. It's like, you're really watching a, a 15 year old with no shirt on. And it's not <laughs> like you can hide behind your popcorn in a movie screen. Like that 15 year old probably can see you <laughs> and you can't laugh at him because you'll <laughs> feel awkward and you'll feel bad. Cause you're like, ah, he's a child. And then, yeah, everyone's also significantly, well, not significantly, like everyone's older um in in our production um than uh than they are in the movie just a, just by a little bit not not by a lot just like a few years but it really really hits home that like oh he's he is a child you know he's a he's a naked child in bed with with three older women <laughs> so actually that that begs the question how old are you I'm, I'm 18 currently. Okay. I was, I was 17 when I did the production. Um, so like, I guess technically an adult, but really I'm a child. Um, I'm like two years old, but yeah, I was 17 when I did the production in San Diego. Wow. It looks like I'll be 19 if we, or older, if we, uh, if we continue right. on past this. So it's crazy. But, but, uh, but William, you know, you're saying, you know, it, you know, he he was a child, but he is now a man, as as, <laughs> right. as as he kind of points out next minute, going a little bit too far next minute, but uh, but there is that aspect too. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I never thought about that. This is like the first minute of him being yeah d- different, I guess. <laughs> you know, it's a very good point. I'm going to use that. It's <laughs> great, man. I love this scene really funny yeah and i and i love how how uh ben says we've already got one hunter thompson yeah mm-hmm. it just totally brings back you know whoever's seen <laughs> that the movie uh no i can't think of the name F- fear and loathing there it is fear yeah. and loathing las vegas <laughs> Ben yeah, yeah. How how familiar are you with that? I mean, was is that is that a part that was included in in the musical, the Hunter yeah, Thompson line? Yeah, one hundred Thompson is yeah. is in the musical. There's a lot of care. I mean, he. It's funny because people really like to, you know, when you're when you're in the show, your our ensemble is playing so many different roles. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if you asked a member from our ensemble, and they're like, "Are you playing?" 100 Thompson in one scene because you know there's one one girl in our ensemble that just like she has decided in certain scenes she is Stevie Nicks 
Ooh, and, yeah. and, you know, and it's, it kind of works because she looks exactly like Stevie Nicks. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, if you asked a member of our ensemble, it's probably someone playing 100 tops in at some point in the show. So, um, well, that, that's actually, uh, it gets confused a lot. I, I just mentioned him last minute um, with, with when David was with us and, and another another co-host then. But um, uh, I, I mentioned Rain Wilson's character. But uh, there are some people out there, I think some earlier guests that uh, I forget. I don't think it was necessarily when he was on, but even before he, before the, the minute he's already he's already been on once and he's going to be on again uh, when, he, when we get back to more uh, Rolling Stone office uh uh, bigger, bigger scenes in the office. Um, but uh, they they were thinking that he was supposed to be Hunter Thompson, and probably mostly because of the you know the 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 tip you know the 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 tip what have you type of cigarette the the like the extension piece. Mm-hmm. He is uh, smoking one of those in the scenes. Uh, Rain Rain's character. Yeah, Rain Rain. Uh, we have the same character in our show, and it's, okay. uh, yeah. his, his character's name is David Felton, and okay. David ah, Felton. Right. And and Ben Fong Torres came to the show one night, um, so we met we met both of them, cool. and then we had the actors that played them obviously take a picture wow. with them. So that was really yep. special. Wow! But yeah, they were they were super cool. <laughs> he was like uh, the Ben Fong Torres was like, uh, wow, the guy you got to play me was cooler than me in the movie, and he's <laughs> even cooler than me now. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a funny guy. Awesome. So, so you said you've met Cameron Crowe. Yeah. So one of the things we were remarking last week is that, you know, we've seen pictures and videos of Cameron Crowe, you know, post this movie. Um, and it seemed to me like it was hard for me to reconcile him now with William in this movie. How do you feel about that? Do you think he, he represented himself truly in this movie? Yeah, it's a great question because, you know, we had so many discussions about, uh, I was I was really nervous at the beginning because uh, they were like, they kept giving me the note, smile more. And I was like, that's an interesting note because, you know, from my my perspective of, of Patrick's performance, you know, it, he didn't, he, I didn't, I don't think of William as smiling all the time. I think of him as wide-eyed, you know, just mm-hmm. trying not to mess up yeah. all the time. And I was, I really was trying to play that and they were like, smile more. And I was like, okay. And then we got some other notes throughout the process where I was kind of like, I feel like we're, we're, my idea of what William is, especially through Patrick's unbelievable performance. I, I was like, I feel like we're straying away from, you know, what I, I at least think I'm doing. And then we finally had this big, long conversation where they were like, we're, you know, we're trying to make we're trying to have this essence of William. We're not trying to do Patrick's performance. And, uh, and then I just kind of came to the realization in that moment that I was like, you have the guy right there. Like he's, <laughs> he writes our book. He's there every single day. Like, and he's also the only member of our creative team that saw every single, like almost every single show. I think he missed two, huh? but usually creative members oh, wow. go home. They go home and, you know, they've done their work. Like, why would you stay and watch 47 <laughs> productions over and over again? But he's always there. So I've, I've had so much time with Cameron. And we do we do Zoom calls every Wednesday, oh, almost, wow. um, where uh, 
the cast and I and, and Cameron, we just all bond and we just hang out and talk about whatever. But, you know, the more and more you talk to him, the more you're like, wow, this is not made up. Like everything in the, that movie is Cameron. I think he looks a little different in real life, especially yeah. at 15. He had, he had this long, gorgeous like hair. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. But yeah, I only mentioned that last last minute for the very first time because just earlier in a week I had seen a photo of him. Yeah, I mean, I'd seen other photos of him and of the of, of roughly the right time period, but at those points he just didn't have it quite as long as he did. You know, right, way, way past his shoulder. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. I like visually, like I think the the William character now, especially now that there's two versions out there. Um, there's the musical and the movie. There's, I think they visually we look a little bit different um but i mean the essence of cameron it's like when you meet him and when you talk to him which you know you will someday he'll probably be at whatever production you come (laughs) at to almost famous even if it's 20 years from now he will definitely still be there and uh he will be watching that freaking show every night but you know he you talk to him and you're like wow you are william you make me feel like i want to i want to say everything to you and it's it's just it's incredible that's really cool. Yeah, because that that's sort of the the essence of the William character is that he's so pure and innocent in this movie that all these jaded rockers and and you know groupies slash band aids uh, are just drawn to his innocence and purity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's and he's still like that today. It's like oh, that's great. You know, we're all like it's it's just amazing because you're like. You are the most powerful person in this room. However, you are still the best person in this room. Oh, yeah. And it's, I, you shouldn't be like that, but you are. <laughs> like, you, you, you have an Oscar. Like, you don't need to talk to me. <laughs> and he does. He's, even the jaded musical theater people that are all like, ah, eight shows. And he's like, great. Eight shows, get to watch you eight times this week. Wow. He's he's great, man. He's just the best person. You, you must have heard, I mean, there's got to have been other people that have said to him, and, and maybe you were confused by the line, but maybe hopefully people filled you in and got you just to watch this old movie from the early 90s, <laughs> um, uh, Wayne's World, and... and people Love doing the we're not worthy oh i you know it's funny i was just going through our our links in our in our text <laughs> yeah. message stream because he yeah. he sent me um some demos from the show and i and i actually sent him that gift the other day because uh-huh. he's so complimentary oh, wow. like he's a journalist yeah. so he's he just says the best compliments and i and i just mm. sent him the we're not worthy gift because that's <laughs> that's like that's him man like he just walks into a room and you feel like giving him that I feel like giving him that Wayne's World touch. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Great, man. Crazy. Um, additionally, another little thing that uh, you know, uh, uh, Plexia is doing is 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 the stuff with her hand <laughs> on on William's body on on his arm, mainly, mostly. <laughs> it seems like, hopefully, yeah. mostly, hopefully, hopefully, nowhere else off camera. But um, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> At that point, it's a little too late. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a little walking her fingers up his arm. 
So, so is I mean, so so without holding holding your hand over her mouth at least for that long, something like that is probably also kind of missing from from the musical, I imagine. Yeah, I think they uh, I think they really get it out of out of the way, and in, in the because whereas you know in the music, I mean in the movie, you kind of only see the beginning of that uh, deflowering scene, and you're like, okay, we can assume something happens, but. Okay. Uh, it's kind of expanded in the musical okay. yeah. um, in a very tasteful way. I, I must yeah, and say. that's one of the things that's kind of done to, yeah. Yeah, so I think they, yeah. I think they get all the little playful poking and, uh, and prodding of, of, of William yeah. done in the scene prior. So I think they're kind of all tired and just laughing the next morning rather than playing with his arm hair. So so how many girls are there the next morning in your play? Yeah, right. I th- yeah, I thought I heard you say three. Three. Because what we have actually yeah, at the end of next minute, or maybe even the minute after that, is Beth in another room. Yeah, Beth's with uh, yeah. Dick, right? Yeah, I believe, I, believe that's, I believe that is Dick, yeah. Wow. <laughs> we don't even have a Beth, which is um, yeah. funny, mm-hmm. because, you know, um, uh, Bijou... Uh, Bijou left the production, and and so so uh, it was Beth that came in, and um, and so yeah, we only have uh, it's actually Sapphire, Palexia, and Estrella that are in the room at uh-huh. the end. So the Beth character is kind of just molded into uh, Estrella, or is it Palexia? Well, yeah, well, yeah, and that's what happens for the movie that that Estrella kind of goes. We don't really know where she's gone off to. She has gone off. Uh, in the roughly in the more in the middle here ish, right? Right. And she yeah, may right. come back. She may does she come back? But yeah, and, and Beth kind of takes her place though. That, that kind of happens about the same time I think mm-hmm. for the movie. So yeah, yeah. She does all the same stuff though. Know, all the flirtation on the phone and you know prior earlier in the movie and then and then obviously she's but she is in the bed. She is in the bed at the beginning. It's all three girls and uh, yeah. Hey listener, are you registered to vote? Headcount is a nonpartisan organization that works with the music and entertainment industry to get fans to vote. To update or check your voter registration status, go to headcount.org, where you will find all the information you need to be ready for election day. Are you registered to vote at your current address? More than 60% of eligible voters have never been asked to register. Headcount.org is working to change that. Register to vote at headcount.org. So going back to the previous minute, you know, when, when the girls are, are dancing around William and uh, Penny is about to leave, there's these super tight shots on his eyes yeah. and her eyes. Hmm. How, how do you handle that on the stage version? Um, that's a great question. I'm a sucker for, for any eye shots. Like I, I'm a filmmaker myself and just shots of eyes I think are so telling of of characters and obviously you don't have that in musical theater. So um, like I said, it's kind of expanded. That whole scene is expanded in the musical into a, a number. Um, and without giving too much of it away there, it's, there's a moment where the song that we are singing um, kind of fades away and, uh, and Williams being, uh, you know, kind of, his shirt is taken off and, and the girls are all around him and on top of him. And, and he's all he can focus on is Penny. So she walks around the room, very similar to how she does in the movie, but 
it's like you see that, you know, where the camera zoomed in on his eyes in the movie and you kind of assume what's going on outside of that shot, you know, in this, you, you see it, you know, you see what's going on. Um, yeah. And it's, and I actually think it's, it's just as powerful um, as that eye shot because it's like, you get to see how much he is ignoring mm-hmm. to, to just look at Penny. And it's like, there's so much happening around him, but all he can think about is Penny. And you say you're, this is a musical number at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a really cool musical number. Um, Cause this it's original music throughout the show, but there's also, um, there's also some hits from the seventies that are in there. So it's like part jukebox, but then also part original from these amazing hmm. tunes written by Tom Kitt. And this is, this moment specifically that I moment where he's looking at Penny is a combination of a, of an already known hit that I'll, I'll leave up to surprise. Okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then a Tom Kitt original in the middle of it. And are, is it a duet between William and Penny or is it just a William? Like how, what, what is the number? Uh, it's a, it's a pretty, um, it's pretty, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's, Everyone, everyone in the yeah. room has the, has okay. their moment um, when it comes to an ensemble to that piece. Scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's cool. Very cool. We really dig it. It's took a lot of work though, because you know tonally, it's like a scene that obviously you can imagine is hard to get right, and camera just nailed it in that in the movie. Yeah, because it's it's basically you know wordless in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you, you, you gotta, you gotta bring that out in song on the stage. That's, it's really tough. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I, I don't, I don't know how many musicals you've, you've seen or whatever, but I don't, I don't really dig the musicals that are like, I am talking and I'm singing and I'm singing <laughs> about what I'm saying. And it's just right. like, you're like, okay, can I just watch the movie? You know? <laughs> but I think what's great about um, the musical is that Tom and, uh, and the selection of songs that Tom and Cameron and, whoever else had a say in it, uh, the 70s songs that they picked. Uh-huh. Um, they're all songs that are not like, I'm going to tell you what I'm singing about. Like, I'm not, get, I'm not singing a song about like, I am losing my virginity. Like, it's not anything like that. It's like right. this very tastefully artistic um, moment where you're kind of like, oh, wow. Like, I don't know. It's... It's hard to explain without giving too much away, but it's it's really cool. So what um I guess what non-original songs are in the stage play that are are, are they the same ones that are in the movie? Are they different? Is this like a huge difference? There's a lot of similar ones from the movie. Yeah. Um and there's a lot of uh and I, I do have to say um, prior to prior to talking about a few of them is that uh, you know everything's subject to change because um, it was yeah. frozen in San Diego but you know we could always change it in the next production of it uh, sure um, but uh, I think it's I think it's pretty pretty locked down I think everything worked out pretty well in San Diego but there might be give or take a few differences but I'm assuming that you really want to know if Tiny Dancer's in it which is <laughs> Yes, Tandy Dancer isn't it. I feel like people would probably throw uh, things <laughs> at the stage if it wasn't. Um, so Tiny Dancer is in it. And um, 
what some uh there's some new ones obviously in the in the same flavor of the ones that are in there um but the the big ones that are the same from the movie include uh tiny dancer river by joni mitchell um I'm trying to think of the other ones that are in the movie. Well, I know I think I think I mentioned it uh, on on the last week as well. The the there's the Beach Boy, Beach Boys, sorry, <laughs> Beach Boys, uh, song. Uh, oh, Feel Flow. Yeah, that's a great song. Yeah, and that's I know that's a special one for Cameron. Feel Flows so, is unreal. Yeah, yeah. but, but that would be that, that, that'd be really yeah. interesting to hear. You know, a a, a a more musical style version of it. You know, with it's not quite all uh, highly produced, you know. You know, in in the studio, that is kind mm-hmm. of all the productions that can be that can happen in the studio. Yeah. So that's my question: is for yeah. the for the classic rock songs that are in the stage play, are they just played, or are you performing them live? Um, we are performing them live. Um, oh, wow. I will say, feel flows is not. Feel Flows is not in it, um, but uh, it is a great song. I feel like Feel Flows may have been in a lab of the show, a reading of the mm-hmm. show. I don't know. I was, I never was involved yeah. in the readings or the labs, so I don't know for sure. But um, I know, I know, almost all of that soundtrack was at one point in the show because even Cameron experimented wow. with a fully jukebox version of this show, just based on the soundtrack of the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he decided he needed some original tunes, which I'm very thankful for because the original stuff is just mind blowing. But uh, yeah, we do sing, we do sing some, and there are different arrangements. I don't know if you know anything about Tom Kitt, but Tom yeah. Kitt is mm-hmm. uh, he arranged the American Idiot musical, mm-hmm. and uh, he just recently arranged the Jagged Little Pill musical. Um, Alanis Morissette. Oh, I heard that one was really good. Yeah, so he's he's pretty experienced when it comes to finding new creative ways to listen to songs we already know and love. Hmm. Yeah. I, I like what we're saying. <laughs> um, so to speak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Perfect. Yeah. This, this has been, yeah, this has been great Casey. And I, you know, uh, I think we're going to probably wind down. I don't know if there's any other big notes that either of you kind of may have, may have had for, for the minute proper. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, there's definitely the one thing I, I need, we need to get from you for this minute. I told you a little bit about before, if you can, uh, mm-hmm. will, will you, will you rank the bands that are most commonly believed to make up the band, uh, Stillwater? Um, will you be doing this from favorite to least or vice versa? I feel like or, I'm so unqualified. Can you repeat uh, the bands again? So yeah, Almond Brothers Band, Eagles, Led Zeppelin, and Leonard Skinnerd. I'm so unqualified. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, are, I will say the ones I know the most. Are any, uh, let, me, let me ask you this real quick though. Do you, do you know uh, of those four? Are any of those? I do because bands? most of their music is. In no, the are any of those bands part of the show? Yeah, actually I yeah. think all of okay. them are. All four. Okay. Um, actually, I don't know if we have any Eagles. We yeah. might not have any Eagles in there. Um, but I know for sure we have three, three of those. Um, but yeah, um, I would say, I'm just going to say the ones I know the most because I don't want people mm-hmm. to attack me. Because <laughs> I know people have some serious opinions on this yeah. one. 
But uh, I would say Led Zeppelin has got to be number one. You know, it's a, it's the obvious choice, but it's uh-huh. like it's the obvious choice for a reason. Um, uh, I'm debating between Almond Brothers um, and Leonard Skinner. Um, yeah, and and those two, yeah, really. You know, I th- I think for majority of people, kind of fall pretty similar. You know, I mean, they're both this this very southern rock. You know, and and, and all three of all three of the others besides Zeppelin are kind of off on their own as well. They're all American versus Led Zeppelin being British. Mm-hmm. So right, yeah, right, right. And and the Eagles, it's just that you know that bit of country tin you know tweakness mm-hmm. to it. <laughs> yeah, I think the Eagles is the one I know the least about. Truly. I think I know the most stories about the Eagles just because of Cameron and yeah. having to study on the show, but I don't know. I don't know too much of their music. So I'll have to say Almond Brothers fans, number two, Leonard Skinner, number three, and uh, the Eagles, number four. That is the correct answer. Yeah. You agree? That's what I said last week. <laughs> Word. That's right. I'm so glad. And I actually know about all the bands and and have all Led Zeppelin's albums and et cetera. <laughs> Great. I'm, well, I'm glad I passed the test. <laughs> oh, that's, that's just great. Um, so uh, let's find out from David just a little bit more uh, what he'd like to, you know, let us know about, you know, like, like, especially like uh, say uh, uh, for his, the stuff, his projects, uh, you know, some social medias. Yeah, so I do a couple of podcasts, uh, Airplane Minute, Top Secret Minute, and uh, Sequel Harder. Uh, you can find them at their respective names on Facebook and Twitter, and you can find them all at neosaz.com. And also, just r- relating to Led Zeppelin, uh, on Sequel Harder, we recently did the uh, reread all of the three Thor movies, and in the third Thor movie, Thor Ragnarok, they use... Led Zeppelin's immigrant song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which In is a only great the th- way. Oh, it's so beautiful, right? It's only the third time that Led Zeppelin has let their music be used in a movie. The other two were Cameron Crow movies, which is Almost Famous and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Wow. Wow, man. That's crazy. So yeah. Find all that stuff at neozaz.com. That's great. That's very cool. Um, and so Casey, uh, are, are, you know, how, how can people find you or, and, and find out about, uh, various things you have going on? Um, my, uh, my social media is all under the same thing for everything. It's at just Casey likes just is in the name. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's where you'll find out pretty much everything I'm doing. And, uh, this is this is what I'm doing. Almost famous. This is what yeah. I'm doing right now. So <laughs> if you want to know, just think about it. If 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 the industry has not come back, if musical theater is not around, then just sit on your couch and think about how Casey is is waiting for Almost Famous, which I, I guess is a metaphor for for a lot of things like that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me, y'all. This has been incredible. Oh yeah, that's that's for sure. Yeah, it's been great. Uh hearing about yeah this 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 behind the scenes stuff that uh you know you and and very few other people kind of could give us some some insight on lucky to be here lucky really to cool. talk to people who are as passionate about it as i am well you'll have to meet uh the, my my number one co-host is is a great guy uh, aaron stark and and he's he says he's easily watched this over a hundred times 
And yes. And I feel like I'm getting close to it because I watch the same minute, you know, <laughs> it's, right? You know, quite a few times before before getting on air and so forth. But um, but he 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 is, he is the truest fan, I do believe. But uh, um, so yeah, so um, further uh, social media things for the show itself. Uh, Twitter uh, certainly a big place uh, at Almost Famous Men, and that's the same for Instagram. That we have and uh, Facebook, we have our group and our page. Our page is uh, at facebook.com slash almost famous minute. And our group is called the Band Aids Listener Society. So just uh, search that out and just have to answer a couple very easy questions uh, so I know you're not a bot. Yes. Uh, and so, again, a huge, huge thanks to Casey. And hopefully, he'll be back on for a couple or so more, maybe pretty soon or you know down the road you know it could happen either way but uh just hopefully schedules line up right uh so it could be next week uh minute 69 with another guest and casey would should should move up to the co-host spot much like david did between the two weeks oh my god i'm fired appreciate that (laughs) david i'm sorry you just didn't didn't make the round oh man caught it (laughs) no you killed it david (laughs) that was great talking to you yeah, David was an was a was an excellent guest co-host to have on for this for this minute. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, so uh, we'll be back with Minute sixty nine next week. This was sixty eight. Minute sixty nine next. And until then, it's all happening. It's, it's all, all happening. happening. Sixty nine, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so happening so close to the deflowering. Yeah, I was also I was also thinking that you should have just (laughs) What if I am a butt? I am a golden god! It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.